I am a, a person of structure. I, I always have a plan and I feel like I function best when I have a plan. I don't like to deviate from my plans very much. A little inside baseball that might or might not interest you, but I have a plan for what I preach for nearly the whole year. Series and lessons and and not every detail is mapped out, of course, but I have a plan. A few years ago, a wise shepherd encouraged me to, every once in a while, deviate from the plan. Have a Sunday where you just speak from the heart and from the word. So today is one of those Sundays. You're going to hear from my heart. You're going to hear from the word. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what's going on in here and point you to what I'm learning from here. A person who's a planner, a person who has structure, type A, if you will, typically is a, a person with control issues, shall we say. Any of you have control issues? Control issues are funny because really people with control issues, and I'm speaking for myself here, don't have an issue with control. What they really have an issue with is trust. And so this morning, if you have control issues... What I gently want to say to you, as one who's there with you, is you really don't have control issues. What you really have is trust issues. And if you have trust issues, my encouragement this morning is going to be to listen, to lean in, and to hear with fresh ears, and an open heart, the words from a well-known psalm. And as soon as I say the psalm, you're going to say, oh, yeah, I already know this one. But, but I want you to do your best to pretend like this is the first time you've ever heard it, and the first time you've ever read it. Open with me to the psalm 23. The well-known, and rightly so, and well-beloved, and rightly so. And if you don't know exactly where Psalm 23 is, I'd encourage you to turn to page 581 in that pew Bible. David is known as the, the shepherd king, is because he was... Raised as a shepherd. When we are first introduced to David, it's not as conquering Goliath as, as, as a boy shepherding his father's sheep. And there's lots of shepherds in the Bible. 
There's Abel and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses and so on and so forth. And, and David here is writing a psalm with his experience as a shepherd reflecting on who God is. And from this psalm, we, we learn about Yahweh Roe. Yahweh Roe is the one true shepherd. Not just a, a human shepherd, but God the shepherd. And we learn about his character, we learn about his nature, we learn about his love. It's a beautiful metaphor for God. We learn of him as a leader, we learn of him as a caretaker, we learn of him as a protector. But Psalm 23 is also not just a metaphor for God, it's a very accurate description of us. Because if God is shepherd, then that, then that means that we are sheep. And, and you can take that personally if you want, but when someone calls you a sheep, they are not encouraging you. Sheep can be fearful, unreasonably fearful. Sheep are timid creatures. They don't, they don't go out in search of new adventure. Sheep can, can be very stubborn, and sheep can be unquestionably stupid. And so, in the 23rd Psalm, these six simple verses give us so many profound truths about who we are and who God is. And the picture that we get is echoed in Isaiah the prophet, when he says, See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. The mighty God, the powerful God. But Isaiah goes on to say this, He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms, and he carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. The, the, the picture of God as a shepherd is reflected all throughout the scriptures, and it reminds us of who he is. So you should be in Psalm 23 by now, and we're going to go through this sections at a time. Verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. The, the, the first truth that we understand is that he, this is number one on your handout if you're a type A, <laughs> he is our provider. He is our provider. The scripture says, I shall not want. One translation says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. In our world, we, we work with such a scarcity mindset. We, we, we focus on, on how much gas is not in the tank. 
and how much money is not in the IRA. We, we, we focus so often on what we don't have, but with the shepherd, we have everything we need, no matter how much you have. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 tells us that godliness with contentment is great gain. And it is a gift, by the way, that if you can have a relationship with the Lord that's deep enough and personal enough and intimate enough that it really doesn't matter whether you're at the highest income you've ever made or at the lowest or if you're between jobs. It really doesn't matter if the the market's a bear or a bull or just a stagnant old pond. You have everything you need with a shepherd, with him. It says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The shepherd is good, and with him you have everything that you need, and he provides all that you need. And there's two that that readily come here. First is he gives you rest. He's giving some of you rest right now. Isn't God good? Here's the interesting thing about this. I'm in study for this message, reading a book, A Shepherd's Perspective on the 23rd Psalm. And he, he taught me something I didn't know. And he said this, Sheep will not rest when they are in a state of fear, when they are in a state of tension, when they are in a state of aggregation, uh, aggravation, and when they are in a state of hunger. When, when sheep are afraid, or having tension, or aggravated, or hungry, they will not rest. See, I always thought, read the 23rd Psalm as, He makes me lie down to rest. That, that sometimes God, in our circumstances in life, forces us to stop, to slow down, to cease, to take on a Sabbath rest. And maybe that's true, but maybe a deeper understanding of it is that your ability to rest as a sheep depends greatly on your trust in the shepherd. In Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, the psalmist writes this, In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. There's nothing like a good night's sleep. When your head hits the pillow and almost immediately your eyelids close and there's something about having deep trust in the shepherd that no matter what is happening in the daytime, you trust him throughout the nighttime. You trust him in your life. You trust him in the good times. You trust him in the hard times. And that doesn't have to do with sleep quality. It has to do with soul quality. For you alone, Lord. 
Make me dwell in safety. Second, second thing he provides is still waters. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me, makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. According to the shepherd, there's three types of water that shepherds look for. The first is, is the stream, the running waters. And you look for a certain type of stream that's flowing, so the, the water's pure and there's no sentiments. You don't sentiment sediments. You don't want uh, sheep drinking from pools of stagnant water because they hold parasites and things like that. So that's good. Second is is the well. Now the wells were often hand dug, and uh, sometimes the water table is quite low, and so to lead the sheep to the waters at the bottom required. The shepherd going first. And sometimes it required the shepherd getting down in the water and at his own effort scooping out the water for the sheep. But there's a third category, and he said this is the most common. And shepherds refer to it as the still waters. It's the dew on the blades of grass that appears in the early morning and sheep that are in good pastures that are healthy rise early, often before the sun does and in a quiet grazing they will consume the forage of the pastures that's soaked in the dew of heaven. A good shepherd knows where and when to lead his sheep to this place. I often think of some of the people that I look to as mentors and examples of faith. And time and again, these are men and women who, regardless of the circumstances, in the early morning hours often by a single dim light, rise in the stillness of the morning, often before the sun comes up, in the quietness of the day, before the day takes hold of things, they are gently chewing on the still waters. Jesus said in John 7.37, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And I don't know how you drink water. I'm a gulper, (laughs) okay? I take a big cup. I fill it to the brim. I gulp it down. 32, sometimes 48 ounces of water at a time. But a better way to drink your water is... A little bit here and a little bit there throughout the day. Jesus calls us, if you thirst, to come to him and drink. In the stillness and the quietness. Psalm 46, verse 10 and 11 says, Be still and know that I am God. Jesus called out to the storm and also to his disciples. Peace, 
be still. Can you can you be still? I want to challenge you actually right now if you if you have your phones out I, I know some of you use them as a Bible and we still have good old fashioned paper ones in front of you I'd like to challenge you to just turn your phone completely off unless you're watching streaming online that would be a bad decision but if you're here you say, well, it's on airplane, I've got it on silent, I've got it on, you know. Isn't it interesting to me how almost imme- almost instinctively, almost reflectively, I can't, I, what if, what if something happened, what if, can you be still? In our culture, there is, a, there is a low hum of anxiety. There is a, there is, we have been rewired, in, and not in a good way, to be constantly connected. A personal story, not to brag, but just to share my experience. About eight weeks ago, I realized this was having an effect in my own heart and my own spirit. And I just decided I didn't, it wasn't good for my soul, so I, I deleted Facebook, I deleted Instagram, and I, I took off all the social components of my phone. And I, I thought through it. I thought, well, man, what if something happens in the, in the church with the people? What if something I need to know? And the Spirit said to me, do you? So I took it all off. I was off. I wasn't off in a way that some people say they're off social media, but they're really just on their spouse's social media. I was really off. I didn't know what was happening, and I didn't really care. And I, I did ask Christy, if something earth-shattering happens, please let me know. One time in eight weeks. And the first three days of that exercise, I'm not kidding, I was having withdrawal symptoms. Does that tell you something about the lack of stillness in our world? The lack of stillness in our own hearts? It got easier. And it got to a point not immediately, but after a few weeks, where I could go into the living room. I didn't have a phone 
I mean, I didn't have anything to check on my phone of consequence. I could read my Bible, I could make notes, but that was... But I could just sit in my living room without an instinctive... Better check that. Better check. God taught me something in that. And I, I want to share that with you. That I think it would be good for our souls that we would still survive. Arguably, we might even thrive as a generation if we were less connected here. Full disclosure, I'm back on Instagram, on Facebook. But now I'm aware of the constant interruption that the world offers to us. And the shepherd still offers us the invitation to be still. Can you do that? Verse 3 through 6, uh, through 4. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The, the first thing we understand about our shepherd is he's our provider. The second thing we understand or that we learn from David is that he is our protector. He restores my soul. It's interesting to me that sometimes we think about the restoration of the soul as in that moment when, when like Megan Anderson who was baptized just a few days ago her soul was washed in the blood. But, but John says that he continually washes away our sin. He continually brings us restoration. And, and there's a thought here that the good shepherd is in the action of constant restoration. Shepherds spend so much time rescuing and restoring the sheep. There's a term that the shepherd uses in the book I read, uh, he says that sheep, that sheep will fall easily. They're top-heavy, especially when their wool is thick. And, and they can easily get what they call cast. When they, they fall over and they are unable to get up without help, without aid. And so the shepherd spends much time looking after and counting the sheep and when one is missing, going after it, and oftentimes rescuing that sheep who has been cast down. And he does this because he loves them. He knows their value. He says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Sheep are stubborn. They, they like to do things their own way. They like to do things their own way. They, they like to go on paths that they prefer, that they've gone down one time and that becomes a habit. But the shepherd understands that the pasture can be quickly overgrazed 
that left to its own devices, the sheep will only feed itself on the same paths again and again, and the sheep left to its own devices will starve. And so, the shepherd guides the sheep, not in their, the way they would prefer, but in the way that the shepherd knows is best. You see, shepherds not only know the sheep, but they also know the pastures. They spend hours studying where the good grazing is. They know where the sheep have been before and where where other sheep and flocks have been and, and where they need to go now. He leads me in paths of righteousness. One translation says, he leads me in right paths. I made the note that shepherds lead us where we need to go. Not necessarily where we want to go. And so sometimes God, your shepherd, will tell you, no, I don't want you going down that path. Sometimes he'll close the door. Sometimes he'll prevent an opportunity, not because he doesn't love you, but because, precisely because he does love you. And even though we walk through, even through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now this seems a little bit strange. Why would a shepherd take his sheep through the valley of the shadow of death? Why put the risk to the sheep? And the the shepherd said some of the best grazing is at the mountaintops, but to get to the mountaintops you have to travel through the valleys. And the valleys can be dark places, dangerous places, places without a good place to rest and find protection, places full of those which would do harm to the sheep. And yet, even though we walk through these valleys, we do not fear because, why? You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, sheep have peace not because of where we are, whether you're in the green pastures or the hard paths or even the darkest valleys of life. We don't have peace because of where, what path we're on. We have peace because of who is with us. We spend so much time wondering about what path we're on and what, what path our children are on and, and which school are they going to go to and which team they're going to play for. And, and, and we think so much about the path. And, and Psalm 23 calls us to the presence. No, it doesn't matter where you walk. You, you can be in green pastures. You can be on still waters. You can be on ripe paths. You can even be in dark valleys. If the shepherd's there, if the shepherd's there, you need not worry. A personal story. You know, probably, but if you don't, a couple of weeks ago, my sweet bride received the diagnosis of carcinoma of the tongue. That's a dark valley. And we got the diagnosis. And in that moment, I comforted Christy. And we drove home and we talked about what was next. Because I'm thinking about the path. 
And when I had a moment, I grabbed my phone again and I went down the Google rabbit hole. And in that moment, the voice of the shepherd said, My sheep, what you need right now is not more information. What you need right now is to trust me. And in that moment, I had an overwhelming sense of peace. Not because of where we were, we're still there. But because of who's with us. And when you go through something like that, and I pray God you never do, there are lots of well-meaning people who want to give you lots of information. very best thing you can do is to pray. To remind us that what we need most is not more information, not a doctor referral, not a pointing of the path, but a pointing to the presence of the shepherd. And so we take it one day at a time. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Did PC get the big C? I'm not worried about the big C. Because I've got the big G. She has the big G. And big C is no match for big G. And that's what the 23rd Psalm says. I fear no evil, for you are with me. Last point. He prepares us. You prepare, this is verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He leads the sheep, he feeds the sheep, he rests the sheep, he mends the sheep. Why? Because he loves the sheep. And he prepares the sheep. And he knows there's some valleys where there's going to be some big lions or leopards or some big enemies. But, but he also prepares them for the small enemies. He says this, uh, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now this is something that's somewhat interesting. Sheep are constantly in threat of the big enemies, but they're also a source of feeding for many small gnats and bugs and mosquitoes. Things that actually will burrow under their skin. So they've got threats big and small, but good shepherds anoint the sheep's head with oil and their ears with oil. Why? Because it keeps away the little 
enemies, the gnats and the mosquitoes and the bugs and the things that burrow under the skin. And the point of all this is, if God leads you to it, he will lead you through it. It doesn't say he will remove the valley of the shadow of death. It says he walks with us through the valley of the shadow of death. God didn't remove the Red Sea for Israel. He parted the Red Sea and he walked them through it. And sometimes we mistakenly say, God, remove this. God, take this away. And God says, let me walk with you through this. And wherever the shepherd is, the sheep can have peace. Your shepherd knows what he's doing. He has you where you are, wherever you are. He has you where you are so that he may bring you where he needs you to be. So, I give you one takeaway this morning, and it's this. From a self-confessed control freak. Trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd and follow him. Through the green pastures, through the still, beside the still waters, and yes, even through the darkest valleys. You can trust him. There's a reason he's called the good shepherd. And this is the invitation I want to give to you this morning. Jesus said in John 10, I am the good shepherd who lays down his life the sheep. He laid down his life for you through Jesus Christ. He did that for you. He bled and died for you. And he still invites you to follow him and to trust him. If you need to do that this morning, no better time to do that than this morning right now. Don't wait. Don't think, overthink it. Don't underthink it. Just obey the gospel Maybe you've done that. Maybe you've made that decision, but you're where your preacher is and you've had a hard time trusting him. And you've been trusting in yourself more than in him. And you've been trusting in your own way instead of his way. Maybe you need our shepherds to go to the shepherd and pray for the sheep. And if you need that this morning, we'd be happy to offer that as well. If you have either of those needs or any spiritual need, we're going to sing a song. Brother Charles will lead us. During that song, head to the back by any of the doors. We'll stand one of our shepherds, and they'll be there to greet you, to receive you, to encourage you, and to lead you back to the shepherd in whatever way they can. If you have a spiritual need this morning, please come. As together we stand and sing.